blessing to be here, as always. It's good seeing all of you again. And uh, can we all just take one more second? I know, I know, worship is over, but it's never really over. <laughs> if you know what I mean, right? And worship is not just. Uh, we can we just unbox worship for a second? Worship is not the three or four songs that you experience on Sunday mornings. It's it's how you live your life to God too, right? It's the character that you show when nobody's watching. Everybody say when nobody's watching. And see how you live before God. How you live before God is important. And most of the worship I do when I'm at home in quiet time is not with music. Sometimes I will put music songs on that I like and it it moves my soul. And it moves my emotions, and that is 100% God. But then there's other times where I'll just, with my own voice, everybody say, my own voice. See, and too much in public, we hide. And especially in smaller congregations where you don't feel like you're confident enough to really belt it out, you know. <laughs> but I was just reading the other day, and um, it was in Second Samuel, where David danced with an ephod before the Lord. Does anybody remember that story? And see, part of the part of what his his wife thought was a sin was the fact that he was king of all Israel. He should have had more pomp and circumstance. He should have presented himself, you know, with some dignity, some class, you know, because I'm better than everybody else. And he he had an ephod on, which you know, there's different theories about what that is—an ephod. Some of it was a priestly undergarment. Some of it was just a, it was a linen garment. Some people think it was like, you know, tidy whities basically. <laughs> I don't know that it was necessarily underwear, but I think it was, I think it was below him. Everybody with me? It was below king's status. Because king's status, you're going to have the $400 robe on. You're going to have the crown. And he didn't do any of that. He had a simple linen ephod on. And he was dancing before the Lord. And what that means is when you're, when you're before... Look, the audience is not everybody here. Everybody with me? Your family is not the audience. Your friends are not the audience. There's only one audience here, and that's God. And David said to his wife after she rebuked him, he says, it was before the Lord that I danced, not before you. I'm not king to the Lord. He's king of kings. So I will debase myself further than this. Part of worship is getting past your own self-image. And when you know that you're worshiping, you haven't entered worship yet. Everybody know what I'm saying? When you're still conscious about, praise you, Jesus. What's everybody else doing in the service? We're not there yet. I want to just take one minute, take one minute here, and with our own voice, Father, we worship you. We give you glory and honor. We don't think about who's here. We're not conscious of our neighbor or our friends or our family, but we only have an audience with you. You see me, and I see you, and I worship you, and I praise you, and I glorify you, Father. I thank You, Father. I worship You and I honor You and I glorify You. Magnify You. I exalt You. You gave me everything I have. I didn't create myself. I'm not a self-made man. I was born again, created unto Your good works. I thank You for the life that You've given me. I thank You for the health that You've given me. I thank You for my family. I thank You for my family that isn't born again, that You're in the process of redeeming and removing sin from their midst and bringing closer to You and casting out those things that would be a detriment to them. And I live afraid of only one person, and that's You, Father. I live in fear of You because You hold my life in Your hands. And no one else does. So Father, I acknowledge You and I worship You and I praise You and I give You glory. And I thank You for who You've made me to be. 
and that I walk uprightly before you in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, that's you in you create that environment in your own time. And you bring that environment with you here to church. And when we get together in church and we all come together with the environment, you're the tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. You're you're where His Spirit resides. That Ark of the Covenant, you read about that in the Old Testament, that was some serious stuff. The one guy, he put out his hand to brace it because the oxen, the oxen stumbled and the Ark of the Covenant looked like it was going to fall over. He he went up to touch it and he died. That resides in you. God put His Spirit on the inside of you. But unlike in the Old Testament where God created a division between Him and the people, there is no division between us and God. That veil separated that moment Jesus paid the price. God says, I'm out of here and I'm going to dwell in the hearts of men and women and my Spirit will be poured out on all flesh. That's That means you and me. And when Moses was prophesying and everything that Moses did and he he gave some of the Holy Spirit, he gave some of the Spirit to the 70 elders and they were prophesying. Somebody came up to him and said, so-and-so is prophesying and -and so-and-so is prophesying. And it was a jealous thing. And Moses said, I would that all the people of God would prophesy. Hello, people of God. Amen. But you see, and, and even under the Old Testament, Moses knew God face to face, it said. How much more every one of you who dwell in the new covenant and that ark of the tabernacle resides on the inside of you. And there's a fearful reverence for God who lives in you. And when you're alone at home, it's not just you and you, it's you and God. Amen. And we live with that fearful reverence of the consciousness that God... I'll tell you what... one of the best things that you can experience on a regular basis, one of the best things I took away from being a pastor, and uh, it, it was doing funerals. That was one of the best things I took away. You wouldn't think so, right? That's not always a happy occasion. But I'm telling you, getting to see that on a regular basis, knowing and facing the mirror it's appointed unto once. All of us are going to the same place. I don't care how much money you got. <laughs> I don't care how much power you got. The end of the road is we all go into the dirt. And whether you live with a fear for God or not is the only thing that's going to matter. Because it's appointed unto men once to die and then judgment. And when you live life like nobody sees what I do, I can take advantage of this guy. Somebody's watching. You say, well, God is love. Yeah, the trouble with with people saying God is love is God loves the next guy as much as he loves you. And that's where justice comes in. <laughs> so when you say, well, God loves me. Yeah, he loves that other guy you just ripped off. What about that? <laughs> he loves that other guy you just flipped off in traffic. Right? <laughs> he loves that other guy you just did. You lied to. You sold him a bum car and you lied to him. He loves that guy. Who's going to plead his case? He will someday. Even if nobody else sees you, he sees you. Amen. Santa Claus is a myth, but God's real. <laughs> he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. <laughs> That's not good. That's not Santa Claus. <laughs> That's God. It ought to scare us a little bit. Because we, we live in a, a greasy grace church mindset and it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. We put off. Everybody say put off. We put off the old things. We expose the old things. God is light. God is love. And they both do the same thing. They expose. See, when you bring light into a dark room and it's not been cleaned, and sometimes we bring light into a dark room when we have somebody come over all of a sudden, right? 
Everybody know what I mean? You've been putting up with that dirt on your fan forever. <laughs> You've been putting up with the toys that are underneath the couch forever. And then you weren't expecting somebody. They come over and then all of a sudden light hits all those things and you see it with their eyes, right? That's, can I, that's why we need to all gather together in the church. Amen. Because I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Ghost, but sometimes somebody else has got a little bit more Holy Ghost than you. <laughs> I mean that in a good way. I don't mean it's not your right. I just mean that we need each other's conscience. We need each other's promptings. We, you got to rub arms with people. If you can't, I don't, I don't trust people that can't stay in a church. And you tell me, well, I just don't fit in anywhere. That's bunk. That's bunk. <laughs> I, I just, you know, me and God, we have our own thing. What I hear is you're too offended to, to fellowship with people. That's what I hear. I don't believe that. We are the body. Everybody say body. And see, body isn't cut up laying all over the place and I'm okay being just the little thumb. Just I don't need that hand. I just need to be the little thumb. You definitely do need that hand. You idiot. <laughs> can I be can I be blind? <laughs> That's what Paul said. Can the eyes say to the hand, I have no need of you? See, we're supposed to be joined and knitted together. And I uh I think what God wants to do, and I think it's it's I, I, COVID wasn't sent by God per se, okay. But but let me tell you this: I think COVID is is kicking down the fake molds a little bit that we've made church. And see what church is is it's getting along with each other, it's working together as a team, it's dealing with offenses when they come and not being so prickly. Everybody say prickly. Am I doing okay? You come and sit in a chair and don't talk to anybody and then you leave because you can't handle people. The love of God is not abiding in you. And I'm talking to me. Because for a long time, my mindset with Christianity is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my calling. I don't care what you do. I can't do my calling without you or without you. Because if I'm the thumb, I need you to do my calling. Right? So the people that you fellowship with that are the body of Christ, <clears throat> I understand taking responsibility for what you need to take responsibility for, but as a collective body of Christ, we need the other members. The teachers don't supplant the pastors and the pastors don't supplant the apostles and one does not replace the other. And you're not better than everybody else just because God gave you a gift. If it's a gift that he gave you, then you didn't do anything. And the only thing that you do is you labor, as Paul said, according to the grace that God gave you. So if it's a grace that he gave you, then you labor in the gift. But don't don't be puffed up that you got a gift. <laughs> Somebody gave you a gift. It's a gift. Walk in your gift. Amen. And we need each other's gifts. I need your gifts. You need my gifts. There's administrative gifts. There's hospitality gifts. There's apostolic gifts. There's organizational gifts. There's healing gifts. There's evangelic gifts. There's prophetic gifts. And we all need each other. And own what it is that God is putting in your heart to be. And knit yourself together with the body of Christ and accomplish what He has for this area. And the vision for this area doesn't fall on any one person. It falls on Him who administers the gifts to everyone individually that you're supposed to walk in. Anybody amen? Anybody got that? Because His vision is the vision. His mind is the mind. And, and you receive what you're supposed to do individually. But you also have to think beyond you collectively. Think about who's, who's sitting next to you or across from you you're supposed to walk with in unity. Amen. Everybody say unity. I'm not saying you got to buddy up with every single person. But I am saying we have to walk in character, godly character. Amen. Let's go to uh, everybody got their Bibles. <clears throat> this is my travel Bible. here. <laughs> 
it's still just as holy because it's Kindle. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard rumor people get offended because you're using a Kindle and not the physical book. Well, I'd rather you just live it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd rather you just live it. I could care less how you read it. You know, it used to be that in the, in the New Testament, they'd read it to you, and that's a lot of all the people had was just to hear it read by somebody else. They'd come to hear it read. Praise God, you got an abundance there. And I want to challenge, I, 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 I'm singling you out, I know, because there's young people over here. I want to challenge you to know God more than everybody else and not measure yourselves by who you see around you. Sorry for picking you out because you're the only you're the only two here. <laughs> I'm not counting myself. Well, you're not going to get any examples. You have to be the example. You're not going to get any standards around you that's going to look like you need. To, I need to look like this guy. And you look to this guy, and you look like him. Amen. Okay, because your peers are out to lunch right now. They are. And you guys get to set the example. You guys get to lead the pack. And sometimes when you're leading the pack, you don't realize you're leading the pack. I'm telling you, you're leading the pack. And you can lead them to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Okay. <clears throat> Second Peter. Everybody got Second Peter? How many of you know... It's just as important, maybe even more so. I don't know if I'll say that correctly, but you'll get my heart. <laughs> I feel like the the fruit, everybody say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit are the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know that I can prove that doctrinally to you except that more and more as I read Scripture and as I read through the, the whole Bible, what I see is I see God putting His hand upon people that represent Him in character. Everybody say character. And I know that the gifts are for all and I know that babies can operate in the gifts. But I see men and women God will put His seal on. Put His hand on. Say, this is a leader and no one will say otherwise. This is a person that represents me. He's not just one of my children. He is a son that looks and acts like me. Which should be the same thing, but there's a difference between what you can do and what you are doing. And there's something about what you do. Everybody say do. What you do with the salvation that you have. What you do with the obedience that you walk in. Why is there even a reward system when you go to heaven? There's going to be a reward. Did you know that? There's reward. So what's to reward? The obedience of walking in what God gave you to do. That means when God judges, even though we are all in Christ, we're not all going to be rewarded the same. And I'm not coming at this from a competition point of view. And Jesus did the opposite. He says those that will be greatest. So there is a greatest. But those that will be greatest among you will be the servant. To all. He says, I, you call me Lord and Master, but I come as one who serves. I'm not here for myself. And Paul, you look at Paul, he, <laughs> he gave up every kind of respect. He could have been one of the chief of Israel sitting in the nice houses with the nice robes, with the nice food, with everybody calling him rabbi. And he says, I count it all dumb. That I might know him. That's, that's what he valued. And we end up, we don't have idols per se, like the ashtrim and the balls. And you don't, I hope you don't got those set up in your house. We'll have to talk. If you, if you got those set up on your mantle at home, we're going to have to talk. Okay. But we do have idols. And sometimes it's our entertainment. It's our shopping. It's our ease. It's our comfort. It's our own self-respect. I'm telling you, God's coming after him. And that's what we'll be judged by is the idols that left in a, that's left in our heart on that day. This is you stole your inheritance, stole your obedience. You didn't take the land that I gave you. <laughs> and the land is the calling. The land is the 
man, it's, it's doing what you're put on this earth to do. Amen. And God wants to give you a clear vision of what that is. And you can't, you can't be in fellowship with him very long. If this isn't resonating with you, something's wrong. <laughs> you can't fellowship with him very long. Read your Bible, pray, seek him with all your heart, be on fire for God and him not start, start to impart a picture. He will start to talk to you. He'll start to talk to you guys. He'll give you a picture of who you're supposed to be in the body of Christ. And I can remember that happening very early on, even when I was at college and I was studying other things. I had the wrong degree. I was doing the wrong thing. And, and I, but I would pray and I would seek him and I'd start getting pictures of me and I, uh, uh, doing certain things and it would unfold what I was supposed to do. God will talk to you and it might not always be like you hear a person talk to you, but it will be, it will be communicated to your heart. It will be communicated to your inner witness. Sometimes uh, I'll write things down in my little book. You know, if it's a prayer journal, keep a prayer journal. Sometimes it's just an image that I'll see. There's been whole times he's led me through an entire trip. We went to Louisiana a couple months ago. He led me through an entire trip. And if I would not have, he never like, hey, bam, bam, bam. You need to wake up and obey me. He never gave me clear words, but it was like this pull. Talk to that guy. Do this. Do this. I tell you what, he orchestrated that whole trip. And that's how he will look, talk to you. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody's in Second Peter waiting for me, aren't they? <laughs> but I tell you what, if if you've got a heart for Him, you're going to want to walk in holiness. You're want to you're going to want to obey His commandments. You're not going to want to stay stuck in the world and you know sit on the fence, halfway do it. You're going to be all in. Everybody say all in. All in. And if I can convince you guys. To be to be more all in than you were, maybe all of you are are, are more all in than me. <laughs> That's for God to judge. But 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 I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage you that all of this is for you. And I I feel like one of the things that we lack in the church in general is just just character, and it's part of the reason why God doesn't all all of it put His seal on people. It's part of the power plug. In my opinion, it's part of why his spirit doesn't always it comes and goes because he doesn't anoint stuff that doesn't look like him. Amen. And I know you look like him, but we need to obey what we look like. So we got to get it all in line. Amen. Let's look at this. Second, Peter. We'll just start in verse one of chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing. Now that's true. The faith that you've received is equal. I have equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So how is grace and peace multiplied? Knowledge. How do you receive knowledge? Read the Bible? Yes. Obey the Bible? Yes. Spend time with Him? Yes. All of those things produce this knowledge of Jesus being Lord. But if this, I'm just giving a warning, I know I've said it a hundred times, but if this right here, just take inventory of your thought life, if this right here is all your relationship with God, this and Wednesday nights maybe, Something's wrong. This is not enough. Okay, this is like this is <laughs> this is the new booster that they're always coming out with, and there's always a COVID that's already out. <laughs> it's not enough. You're gonna have to get another booster. <laughs> it's controversial. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> Everybody's like, wait, do I laugh at that or not? <laughs> not making any statements about the vaccines. I'm just giving a, an analogy. Okay. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Church services supplement that, but man, prayer ought to be the air you breathe, and it's not supposed to be a burden. It's supposed to be a joy. 
I never count it a burden to go on a date day with Natalie. And I don't count it a burden to talk to God about everything that goes on. Amen? If we have prayer as a burden mindset, like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry this into revival. I've, I sacrificed to spend time with God. That mindset will burn you out. Loving on God is not sacrifice. Amen? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Man, that's pretty good. Amen? Having escaped, escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So sinful desire brings corruption into the world and you being a partaker of His divine nature causes you to escape from it. Amen? Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. What faith? We all have, I mean, from what I can see, I don't see anybody in here that does not have the equal standing faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So what do we add to this? That's Everybody's got that faith. But add to that faith virtue. With virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, self-control. So we know people, we know good Christians that have faith. Maybe they got virtue, but maybe they don't got self-control. Right? I've been guilty of not having some self-control. Right? I know good Christians that are guilty of not having very much knowledge. Good heart. They don't know the scripture. Amen. But add these things to you. And these are to shore you up, okay? These are to shore up your boat so that you can sail in this world, okay? <clears throat> Virtue, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. Everybody say steadfastness. Man, faithfulness. Faithfulness in a Christian. To When you say you're going to do something, bless God, that guy always does what he says he's going to do. He's faithful. Everybody say faithful. And steadfastness with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. See, I said earlier that light and love do the same thing. What does light do? Light exposes, right? Love exposes. But when we don't love our enemies, we don't expose them. And that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He, says, if, he said, if I had not done the works that no other man did, they would not be. They would not be in sin. But because I did the works that no other man did, I have exposed their sin. Right. You remember that what he said about that? See, you are called to bring. a. You're called to be a mirror to people. One of the most effective ways that God has used Natalie to change me. is She doesn't respond in kind. Everybody say amen. That means when somebody flips you off, you don't flip them back off. They're not exposed that way. You want to expose them? Say, hi. Of course, I tend to be a little bit facetious when I do. I'm like, oh, hi. But when they pass, you go, I'm so sorry. If you made a mistake, I'm so sorry. I had one guy... <laughs> I had one guy, he was flying down this road, he was going, he, uh, it's a 45 mile an hour road, he was going 70 miles an hour, what are you going to do? I pulled out, he come right up on my bumper, and I'm not going to go 70 miles an hour, I'm going 50, I'm going 50 or 55, I don't do more than 10 over, okay? <laughs> That's all I do. And so we ended up turning the same corner, and there was a passing lane, and he came over, man, this guy was just raging, you know, I'm like, you're doing 70 to 45. Your fault, you know. But he's like, rah, rah. he's looking at me. He, he slowed down everything. I got Josh and <laughs> he's flipping me off. And, and I just look at him, calm as can be. I'm, like, I'm so sorry. 
Now what? I, I didn't wave because my waves are facetious. If I wave at you and you're being ridiculous, it's because I'm I'm trying to make you look stupid. You know. Hi. <laughs> I'll do that, won't I? Sometimes. <laughs> what my point is? My point is all of this is that you're called to be bigger than that. You're called to expose that when somebody's gossiping about you. Well, you ought to spread some spread some good rumors about them. You know, you know, so and so they are so good. They came over the other day and brought brought me a box of chocolates. Now, don't lie, you know, but whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be mending bridges, not tearing them down with the other person. You're supposed to be building them up because you don't need them to build you up. You're built up by Him. And when they're lying all over, you find ways to love on them. And Jesus says, they stole your coat. Oh, give them your shirt as well. Because <laughs> that exposes them. But if you t- tit for tat and take when they take and do what they do, I'm not talking about justice and judgment and being a judge. That's a different issue. I'm talking about learning how to win people over to Jesus. Everybody with me? I don't know if I need to go down that trail. I'm talking about walking in love with people that need Jesus. I'm talking about walking in love with people that need Jesus. And even with people that are in the church that probably need a little more Jesus. Okay. Not letting offense run your life. Because when offense, when you get offended and you respond in kind, you're not operating on God as codependent. You're operating on them as codependent. You have the ability to take my peace my peace today and get rid of it you took away my peace who can take away your peace no one can take away your peace well they did it's their fault no no it's not your peace is dependent on your neighbor or is your peace dependent upon him you walk in love towards them everybody with me this isn't very exciting i know <laughs> but it's what's needed and it's what God wants to put his stamp on and it's what's going to win people over because they need exposing in a good way. And the church needs exposing in a good way. And it's going to be you that does it. Amen. We're called to look like our father who sends the sun and the rain on the just and the unjust alike. That's what he said. So we add to steadfastness, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now look at this, verse 8. Now, I'm just telling you, I, I know faith saves, but it's not just faith in Jesus that keeps you afloat. It's adding, the, it's partaking of the divine nature that you escape. Everybody hear me? So he gave you access through Christ, but if you don't partake, you're going to end up looking like the world. You have to partake of the divine nature. What is the divine nature? To look like these fruit of the Spirit. This is Peter's version of fruit of the Spirit. If we got time, we'll go to Galatians' version of fruit of the Spirit. But this is Peter's. And in partaking of these attributes, you add to your faith, which we all need, but it's that faith that opens the door for you to receive the rest of this stuff. Okay? And in adding all these to us, look at what he says. He doesn't just say our faith, but he says, for if these qualities, everybody say plural, plural. Okay. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing. So there's a stewardship. There's an obedience. There is an intentionality. If these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective. That means you can be born again, loving God and ineffective. Amen. Ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent, 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 diligent to confirm your calling and election. Okay. For in this way, there will be richly, everybody say richly, 
<laughs> there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, if, if these qualities are not abounding in you, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to just encourage you. I've had, exp- I mean, I've got growing to do. Amen. There's things that I see in me that aren't right and they're not going to stay. They have to get out and they keep me from being effective. If you can't handle small pressure situations, you think God's going to put you in a big pressure situation? If you can't handle two or three kids screaming at you, do you think God's going to give you a whole church? Well, that was the litmus test for Paul. If his house is in order, he can govern the church. You know, and we and we have a running joke in our culture about pastors' kids being the worst. Anyway, anyway, let's go to Galatians. Everybody say Galatians. I was never the worst, was I? Ma, I was a good boy. Rochelle gave us a couple scares, didn't she? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Michelle. Michelle was good too. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's my job. I'm her brother, right? Galatians. Chapter. Uh, I believe it's chapter 5. Chapter 5. Now, I mean, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say about what was going on in Galatia. Um, there was people come through and they tried to put the Galatians under the law. They were trying to have adult males circumcised. They were trying to put all of the tenets of the law on them. And Paul says, I came out from under that. I didn't give you any of that because that's not the gospel of Christ. The law was added because of transgressions. I come with the gospel. It's the fulfillment of the promise given to Abraham. The law came after Abraham because of transgression. This is the fulfillment of the promise. If you want to keep the law, you're trusting in something else other than the promise. That's what Paul was. The whole letter's about that. He's very upset with them. Okay. And he's giving him some admonition to walk by the spirit. Everybody say spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So if you're not led by the Spirit, you need a law. You need a law. There's a place for law and justice in this world and it's for the godless. When law and justice are removed, then we have chaos, okay? But if you're led by the Spirit, you're a law to yourself. Your conscience will bear witness between right and wrong in your heart. Every one of you, what I see is a walking Ten Commandments. And you need to listen to that law in your heart when it says, don't watch that. All that's going to do is produce sin and death in your life. Don't watch that. I'm strong enough. Okay, well, today you are. Tomorrow you won't be. Don't watch that. Because you keep feeding it. Amen? There's some, there's stuff you shouldn't watch as a Christian. You're not okay just because you're a Christian. Everybody all right? There's some trash out there now. Okay? <clears throat> all right. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, Jealousy. So now, now you notice in this list, he starts with physical, almost like carnal appetites, but then it starts to switch to more soulish things. Okay? And notice how he goes into right here enmity. Well, we don't got any of that in the church, do we? 
Strife. There's never strife, right? Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalry. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. And drunkenness. Orgies. And things like these. So he's like, I could list a lot more. I'm not going to. There are things like these. Okay? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? The point is, if you justify a lifestyle that sows to your flesh, we're not talking about, I messed up, I'm so sorry, I will never do that again. We're talking about God's grace covers, here we go again. That's not okay. Everybody with me? That's not okay. God's grace will forgive me. Here we go again. God's grace will forgive me. Here we go again. You're deceiving yourself. Repentance means to turn away from sin. Amen? Make every effort. The the, the visual parable, Jesus said, pluck out your eye. You be that severe. Now the point is, you can pluck out your eye. You can still be full of lust. What we're doing about is, we're talking about circumcising the heart here. We're talking about gut-wrenching repentance, keeping yourself accountable. Do whatever it takes. But you you quit it. You understand? <laughs> quit it. All right? If that hits anybody, you quit it. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody, fruit. Fruit. Everybody say fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let me say it another way, if we have faith in Christ, let's add to ourselves all of these things, right? If we live by the Spirit, Paul's way of saying it is, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk with the Spirit. It's not just to talk about it, let's do it. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. And then I'll just read this little part here. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, like, and there's, there's grace for messing up. You who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. What? In, in severe judgment? No, in gentleness. Okay. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Amen. I feel a calling to godliness and I'm... I'm I felt implored to share it when I was praying this morning. I felt a calling to godliness in a culture that isn't going to attaboy you about it. You're not going to get any attaboys about godliness. But what we lack in this culture and what is increasingly ebbing away is character, uprightness, honesty. When you shake your hands in a business deal, you keep your word even if they don't. You define who you are with Jesus, not with everybody else. Well, everybody does it that way in this business. Okay. We don't, we don't operate by the world. We operate by Him. Amen. We don't judge what's okay based on our family. We judge what's okay based on Him. Well, my family always watches eight hours a day of TV. We're on the phone all the time. Okay. How much prayer happens then? You gotta, you gotta start judging yourself. Judging yourself. I think the average metric I hear, the average metric I hear is that most people spend six to eight hours on their phone a day. Um, Do you know if you read your Bible for one hour, five days a week, you could go through it four times in a year? You don't have to answer this question. Answer it in your own heart. When was the last time you read the Bible through the whole way? You could read the Bible through the whole way if you had 15 minutes a day, five days a week, for one year. 15 minutes, 
Five days, not even seven, five days, 15 minutes, five days, 52 weeks, you'd have the Bible done once. That is one quarter, that is one thirty-second fraction, one thirty-second of the average metric of the time people spend on their phones. You get your Bible done in a year. Everybody following me? Do you follow that logic? If you spend an hour reading your Bible, you're crazy. <laughs> you're going to get through that Bible four times a year. It's not hard. It's priorities. And it's time to put our foot to the throat of some of these things that are stealing from us. Amen? These idols got to come down. Because you're, you're going to get stuck. And, I, and I'm talking to me too. We're going to get stuck not doing what we're on this earth to do, not excited about life, not having any vision, and we sacrifice it all for a bowl of soup like like Enoch did just because oh, that's a funny video. You know what I mean? It doesn't always have to be evil, but if it steals your time, you're not redeeming the time. Amen? You can value other people's relationships, but when they're over every week, twice a week, three times a week, and you're and it's taking up your prayer time, it's time to mitigate. It's time to mitigate those relationships and say, "Look, I love you guys, but I'm missing my prayer time." You make the changes. You are free in Christ Jesus. The ability right now to do these things is there. Oh, I got to build up for. Oh, I got to wait for next year so we can make New Year's resolutions. No, it's right now. It's there. Do it. Get intentional about it. Because your calling is between you and God. Amen. And and, and I just feel I just feel a a grace and a a necessity and an urgency to encourage everyone. There is no one. Uh, Nat, would you come play for a second? Thank you, Jesus. I just felt it switch a little bit. I hear some say, just just quietly, I hear some say, this is not for me. I don't have anything to do and what can I do? And that is a lie. I hear some say, look at all the time that's already gone. I hear some say, I've failed for so long, it's who I am. There is no one here that this is not for. And there is no one here that will be ineffective in the gospel. If they will prioritize my word above their daily food. I'm calling you, even if it's in your old age, to fall in love with me again. For I have not fallen out of love with you. I do not despise you. I have not rejected you. But I am imploring you. Come into the kingdom and come into judgment. With joy, hastening the day of your reward. Live in the freedom that you know you're right with me. Live in the freedom that you know that you did all that I asked you to. Live in the freedom of obedience. That I ran my course. I did. I ran my course. No, it is not too late to run your course. Pick it up. Right now, I give it to you. The gifts that you've been given. I've given to you now. This is a new day. 
It's not a new day because it's today. It's a new day because of obedience. Step into obedience. Step into life. Step into fellowship. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your grace. Your grace. just ask for everybody to close their eyes and and just receive for a second lift your hands and receive you don't have to look at anybody else but just in your own heart Father right now we collectively right now we receive your grace to run the race that you've given us. We will not dwell on failures or past mistakes. We quickly repent and get up and run towards you. And I thank you, Father, for a freedom and a light-footedness to run into everything you have for us. Oh, may all of these qualities abound in us. And when you see somebody that needs your love, the first person you look to is me, Father. That I can walk in joy and faithfulness and the knowledge of the word and all of these things. And I will not fall because I have been a good steward. And we have partaken of that divine nature. We haven't sat idle on our hands. But we've received from you everything that you've given us. Let's just say that together. Father God. I receive your grace to run my race, to be free in the knowledge that I've walked in obedience to you. I've walked upright. No one can accuse me. I have been righteous in my dealings with others. I forgive quickly. I forgive quickly. Offense doesn't stick to me. I love him immediately. I thank you, Father, for your character being birthed in me afresh in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We just receive that right now. We believe. We believe and receive make a diligent effort to walk in the things that you've given us. Thank you for leading us and guiding us and giving us a vision of our giftings and our callings. And we wake up excited every day knowing that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. It's what we were created to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.